Hi, and welcome to the Heights Baptist Podcast. Uh, my name is Lee, and I'm uh, here with my co-host uh, Matt today. And here on our podcast, we take an opportunity to talk about topics that are designed to help you just really take your next step of faith. It's our mission here at Heights to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. And so thank you for joining us by either watching on our YouTube uh, station or listening on your favorite uh, podcast app. And so today's episode, actually, Matt, comes from a listener's question. Uh, a couple of weeks back, I preached uh, Psalm 110, talking about Christ being the great king, the great high priest. We are in a series called The Great King uh, that folks can go back and listen to and watch, uh, leading us up into Easter. And in Psalm 110, there's mention of a guy by the name of Melchizedek. You know? Now, in that sermon, I could have spent 20 minutes or just two minutes, you know, and, and the whole point of the sermon wasn't Melchizedek, right. but uh, the, this is kind of a guy that we see every so often pop up in scripture mm -hmm. and you see him quickly in scripture and then he's gone just as fast. A lot of questions on Melchizedek. So we, we got more than one uh, question on just kind of who is he? Um, I use the term pre-incarnate Christ. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, and so, you know, we, we felt like Let's, let's do an episode on this and kind of take a little deeper dive into who is Melchizedek. That's so, right. Let's dig in. Yeah, let's dig in on it. And, and we want to encourage you in that. We're about to start a beautiful mess, our series through 1 Corinthians. And so as we're moving through uh, 1 Corinthians, if you have a question uh, that you'd like us to take a little deeper dive on, uh, we would like to hear from, you, hear from you on that. So you can text us, email us. We'll also have up soon on our website a way that you can submit that question, and we'd love to be able to take a deeper dive, because when we get into 1 Corinthians, that's just smooth sailing. Nobody's going to have a question on anything on that. <laughs> <laughs> so Melchizedek, um, let me set up kind of the first question for you. Uh, Genesis chapter 14 is where he appears the very first time, mm -hmm. you know, so we'll see him in Genesis 14, Psalm 110, and a few times in the book of Hebrews and that's it. that's it. So let me read the verses where we see him in Genesis chapter 14. Um, it's right after a battle where Abram has won the battle. And then Genesis 14 and verse 18, it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. And he's bringing that out to Abram and, you know, kind of the army. And it says he was the priest of the God the Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God the Most High, professor, or excuse me, professor, possessor, not professor, possessor of heaven and earth. I needed my reading glasses for this. This is clear. And blessed be the God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, uh, give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. And, and then Abram worships him, you know. And so Melchizedek, who is this guy? Because then, then he's gone. Right. Until Psalm 110. Until Psalm 110. And in Psalm 110, they, he's only mentioned by name. Right. Like it's just, it's, it's just a passing reference. Yeah. So, so who, who is he? You know, because sometimes scholars think, 
really this may be a theophany or a Christophany. Oh, so you're using seminary words. I'm today. using seminary words. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I, I practice it. them because obviously I can't <laughs> read the verses I just had in front of me really well. So, so what's what's the theophany and a Christophany? Okay, so a theophany is an appearance of God that's tangible to the human senses. So it's, it's a place in, usually in scripture where God appears mm -hmm. and, and you can see him um, or sometimes hear him mm -hmm. um, or sometimes both. Um, the, uh, so probably the, the best example of that would be like the burning bush mm -hmm. with, with Moses mm -hmm. or maybe the cloud of fire and smoke on Mount Sinai. But there's other places in scripture where, where, where God shows up in more of a human form. All right, so that's a theophany. It's, a, it's an appearance of God that's tangible to the human senses. Okay, a Christophany or a Christophany is the exact same thing, but we're talking specifically about God the Son. We're talking specifically about Jesus, right. the second person of the Trinity. Yeah. Um, the most uh, obvious example of that would be Paul on the Damascus road. Mm -hmm. When Paul, you know, is on his way to Damascus and he sees the bright light and he falls down and he hears the voice saying, you know, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you? And the voice says, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Right. So that's an example of Jesus who at that point had already been resurrected and had already returned to heaven. He's appearing to Paul, mm -hmm. in, you know, in the bright light and in the, in the, in, in, in the sound. So it's um, a, a theophany or a Christophany are two possible theories about who Melchizedek is. There's some really interesting ideas about who this Melchizedek character is. Um, obviously, um, if you, if you read this, the text itself, the most obvious is he's, he's the king of one of these cities. The city is Salem. That's probably the same as Jerusalem. It's, right. a, it's an alternative name. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, it's a similar name. Um, and so he could have just been strictly a historical figure who has a lot of similarities to the person who's going to come in Christ. Obviously, you know, the bread and the wine, you can see there's a connection there yeah. um, of what Jesus is going to do. He could be that um, Jewish uh, interpretations of who Melchizedek, Melchizedek was had some very interesting ideas. One Jewish interpretation was that this was Shem, mm -hmm. who was still alive after the flood, okay. and that it was because it was the the worship of the one true God that had been passed down all the way from Noah, even though we're talking you know centuries later. Right. That's one Jewish interpretation. Others believe that he was an angelic figure or a more a heavenly figure, like some kind of an angel or a spirit being, uh, some kind of a messianic figure. Yeah. And then m many early Christian um, commentators believed that he may have been a pre-incarnate, uh, a pre-incarnate uh, manifestation of Christ or a Christophany that happens before Jesus is born. Right, because you see some kind of interesting actions by Abram. Yes. He worships him, he bows down, he gives him a tenth you know, of the spoil, so he tithes. Mm -hmm. And up to that point, in scripture, we don't see the, the concept of tithing. Right. You know, so obviously it's practice, but that's really your first like instance of a, of a tithe being a tenth. You know, so you see that kind of interesting What's Abram doing here, you know, with this guy? So just to kind of circle back, because we, we are using some terms there that I know we don't throw out every Sunday. So, so a theophany or a Christophany um, is those visible manifestations 
that we can see and in, in experience in human terms or, you know, human senses that aren't permanent. Right. They're, they're kind of there and gone. And that's important. Know? And that's important because you said pre-incarnate Christ. And I, I said that in the sermon and I was sort of like, whoa, whoa, I thought Jesus like God in the flesh, New Testament. Yes, but that's permanent. Right. Yeah. And so there are some other arguments of maybe there's other instances of a, a theophany or a Christophany, you know, Jacob wrestling in, you know, Genesis 32. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be one. Daniel and the, and uh, not, excuse me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the fiery furnace. Yeah. You got the fourth person. Yeah. Who's the fourth person, you know? Yeah. And the, like, the king says, I, I see a fourth man in the fire. Right. And that, and that man looks like the son of the gods. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, again, many early Christian commentaries, when I say early, I mean like in the you know first few centuries of Christianity, um, they really connected that with Jesus. They yeah. said, you know, this is, this is Jesus appearing just for a moment in the fiery furnace with the children of Israel. Right. And you mentioned the burning bush. Mm-hmm. So that would be another one. And then sometimes, you know, there's arguments to be made when you see the angel of the Lord appearing in instances in the Old Testament. Right. There are some who will say those are Christophanies mm-hmm. as well. And so that's that. Again, we want to emphasize that's not the incarnation that we read at Christmas time, right? <laughs> right. But it's it's a kind of a, a foreshadowing of coming. It's God manifesting himself momentarily in a way we as humans could see or experience. Um, so then kind of pivoting off that idea, there are some arguments that that Melchizedek would be a type of Christ. Right. So what does that mean? Because that's, that's a little different than what we just discussed. A type of Christ is something in the scripture that points to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it could be a character um, that, that is similar to Jesus in a way that kind of foreshadows or points to the Jesus that is to come. So uh, I would say, regardless of whether we believe that Melchizedek is a Christophany or not, and there's, there's debate on that, right. Melchizedek definitely is a type of Christ in that he is both a king mm-hmm. and a priest. Yeah. Melchizedek and Jesus is our king, and he's also our great high priest. And I think that's really what, um, that's what Psalm 110 mm-hmm. is talking about. And later on, what the author of Hebrews is kind of is grabbing onto is the fact that that in the same way that Melchizedek was both a king and a priest, Jesus is the great king yeah. and the great yeah. high priest. Yeah, because in Psalm 110, when he's mentioned Melchizedek, it's talking about that priesthood. So yes. the first part of Psalm 10 talked about the great king to come, then the great priest to come, and how those two offices essentially are merged. In which, Jesus. In Jesus, which up to that point, you could look at all of Israel's kings and go, no one's done this perfectly. Jesus will do that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it, in that verse, you know, says something toward the, I'm going to summarize it, but, you know, the, this one to come is from the order of Melchizedek or yeah. that, that lineage line. And that's where the author of Hebrews is going to pick up. So we're going to pick up in Hebrews in a second. I'm going to pivot toward that because that is important. So, you and I have the same shirt on. Yes. I mean, that we didn't plan that. <laughs> um, so there is unity in how we dress, but we don't agree on this. Yeah, we have two different opinions. We have on two this. different opinions. So what's your opinion on Melchizedek? I'll tell you mine. And then how do we still function as friends and staff members and brothers in Jesus when we disagree over Melchizedek? <laughs> so so um, when we when we approach the scripture 
there are things that we must agree on. Right. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Jesus really died. Jesus was bodily resurrected. Jesus is coming again. Yeah. Whether or not this random character who shows up four times in the text was a pre-incarnate, was a pre-incarnate manifestation of Christ or whether he, whether he was just a historical figure does not affect right. who we believe Jesus is. Yeah. Right. And so it's important for all of us as believers yeah. um, that we're going to have closed handed issues and we're going to have open handed issues. Yeah. There's going to be issues that are kind of a big deal. You know, we we're part of a Baptist church. You know, we have particular beliefs about baptism and that, you know, that you should be a believer before you get baptized. There's other churches that um, that that believe something different about that. Now, they love Jesus. Sure. We can respect that. Yeah. And we can be respectful of them. Yeah. So in the same way, yeah. we're never going to agree on everything. Right. So I tend to lean more towards the Melchizedek was a historical figure who is a type of Christ. Mm -hmm. In other words, I believe that Melchizedek was a real king of a real city. So that means that he was born, he grew up and he died. Um, and so that would make it a problem in my view for that being a pre-incarnate version of Christ because Jesus was born once, mm -hmm. lived one life, died and was resurrected. And that, so that incarnation is very, very special. So mm -hmm. if, because I believe that he's presented in Genesis as a, at Melchizedek is presented as a real king who was a historical figure. I see him as a type of Christ, but not necessarily a, a manifestation of Christ. So that's, that's my position. Okay. You're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are totally right in those closed-handed, open-handed issues. And we'll get into this, I think, in 1 Corinthians. Yeah, it'll, it's going it, to come up again. It'll come up, I think, a few podcasts of how do we do, you know, maybe if we disagree on some spiritual gifts or speaking in tongues or, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things as Christians we could go, eh, Agree to disagree on, let's agree on the majors, you know, and you, you pointed out those biblical inerrancy would be close-handed issue for me. Um, I hold that he's, he's a, 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 a Christophany, you know, that it is the pre-incarnate Christ there. And, and where I draw a lot of that from is just Abraham's reaction. Gotcha. I mean, he, it, it's just kind of very unusual actions for that to happen, the way it happened. Um, but then also kind of the way the, the Psalm 110 ties it in and the book of Hebrews ties it in. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we can walk away from on that is to go, we don't really know. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like the, the author of Hebrews or the uh, David who writes Psalm 110 goes, here's exactly who this was. I mean, it's, it's kind of left where it's like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. But he's important. That's why he's in scripture. Yeah. And why is he important? And see, I think in those discussions where we can, you know, kind of nerd out on some of these topics and talk for 20, 30 minutes on this, and at the end of the day go, yeah, you know, agree to disagree, we don't really know. But it's, he's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Why is he there? Why, why, what is Melchizedek doing for us when the author of Hebrews picks it up to in the New Testament? Oh, I, I think he's definitely illustrating who Christ is and what Christ is going to do. Right. I, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, the, the thing that is abundantly clear is that he's definitely a type of Christ. Yeah. You know, that, that, and the reason why I think that Psalm 110 reaches all the way back to Melchizedek 
and that the author of Hebrews reaches all the way back to Melchizedek is because they're going all the way back to the one person in the whole Bible yeah. who is both a priest and who is a king and a priest yeah. of the one true God. Right. Because once the nation of Israel gets started, then the priesthood and, and the office of king, those get separated yeah. and they never come back together. Right. And so the question that, that somebody might be asking, like, who's this Jesus guy? And how, in what way can Jesus be a priest if he's not from the tribe of Levi, right. if he's not from the Aaronic priesthood, he's from the tribe of Judah. That's the king tribe. That's not the priest tribe. And what the author of Hebrews, and I think also the author of Psalm 110 is saying is, Jesus is our great high priest in the same way that Melchizedek was our yeah. great high priest because Melchizedek worshiped the one true God. Right. And he was also a king. Yeah, yeah. And that's good because the author of Hebrews writing to a Jewish audience same as David writing to a Jewish audience, they're essentially connecting all the dots yes. for the people. And it's, you know, when, when the writer, author of Hebrews, whole nother podcast, who's that person? <laughs> That's why I keep saying the author of Hebrews. Um, you know, when, when he's writing, he's helping them connect those dots to go, no, 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 look, look at this genealogy of Melchizedek. I know that's the verse. Look at this priesthood. Look at this kingship. What's it pointing us to? It's pointing us to, to Christ, you know? And so for the Jews then, that's like, whoa. I mean, now for, you know, shrimp-loving, bacon-eating Gentiles, <laughs> that takes us a few minutes to go, huh? You know, like we don't understand all the, the kind of the Jewishness behind all that. Right. But what we can see are those biblical characters. And even going, if Melchizedek's a type of Christ, Again, it's driving us to Christ. It's just pointing us constantly to Jesus. And, and that's the big takeaway here. Right. That, that's the takeaway. Is, and, and the way I love to think about it is if this was a, a pre-incarnate Christ, um, which I hold to, you know, God's always with us. Right. That's what's cool. Like even if this is a momentary manifestation, it's God going, I'm here. I'm with you. And then the neat part is you see all of those in the Old Testament. There's several of them. And again, that's, that's pointing us to the one to come that is incarnated. Yeah. God with us, you know? Yeah. And so, and then, and now to think as believers, you know, God's still with us with the Holy Spirit in us. And, and so we just, we see how God always is with us in that. Yeah. Another thing that I think is important to kind of point out is that, um, when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with the disciples. Right. Um, it, Luke tells us that he went through the whole Bible, the whole yeah. Old Testament, yeah. and showed how the whole Bible was about him. Right. And, and, and pictures of Christ in the person of Melchizedek is one of those ways in which the Old Testament is constantly pointing to the coming of Jesus. Um, the, 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 the idea that Jesus was going to come was not something that New Testament Christians invented. Yeah. It was something that was being foretold by well, the prophets yeah. of old from the very, very beginning, <laughs> right. all the way back to the, you know, chapter three of Genesis, yeah. you know, we were waiting for the Messiah to come. Right. right. That's good. So things come up. We have questions, you know, all right, who's this Melchizedek guy? We jump on YouTube, we open up Google how do we search this stuff out on the internet in a safe way? <laughs> you know, we've, we've talked about this before yeah. and I'll, and, and I'll say it again. It's really important because, okay. So this morning I got on the treadmill and I started YouTubing Melchizedek. Mm. Okay. 
The reason why I'm comfortable doing that is because eight years ago when I was in seminary, I wrote a paper on this and I went and I read the commentaries and I read the scholarly material. Yeah. So when I watch a YouTuber talk about who Melchizedek is, I know to how to tell the difference between somebody who knows what they're talking about and some guy who's kind of off his rocker, all right? And there, when it comes to Bible stuff, there's lots of YouTube right. content out there that's, that's weird. Yeah. In fact, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but um, the whole idea of the Melchizedek priesthood is a huge part of uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints faith of Mormon faith. Oh. So this issue in particular, yeah. you want to kind of have your filter in place right. because you might wander off into something that's like a whole other religion yeah. where they're using, they're using, they're talking about the same person, but they have very different ideas about who God is. Right. So basically what I have to say is this, feel free to do a Google search. All right. Gotquestions.org is a great place to start. Yep. YouTube is great, but you always want to filter what you're seeing on the internet through the lens of people in your community of faith that you trust. Yep. So your pastors, your life group leaders, somebody who's been walking with Jesus longer than you. Right. You know, you find something crazy on the internet, pick up the phone or text somebody or send an email and say, hey, I saw this crazy thing on the internet. You know, um, Jonathan uh, and I had lunch yesterday and he showed me there's this kid on TikTok who is making TikTok videos about how God is a liar and he's like doing all of this like 15 second theology. It's just bad stuff. Yeah. Like, and the, the kid doesn't know who, what he's talking about, but some, but a teenager who picks up, who says, whose friend says, Hey, take a look at this. They don't necessarily know that. Right. You know? So you always, when you're using the internet to do research, you always want um, to do it in a place. You want to filter it through what you know from the word of God and filter it through people that you know and trust in yeah. your community. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why uh, your pastors are here yeah. is to help you with questions like that. It's one of the reasons why your life group leaders are here or just, or equip group leaders. Yeah. You know, that that's one of the things that one of the functions we can serve right. is to say, you know, don't look here, look here, you yeah. know, here's a good website. Yeah. Uh, and, a, and another good thing is um, once you start digging into Bible like this, not a bad idea to spend some money on commentaries. Mm -hmm. um, I always say, start with a good study Bible. That's yep. a good resource to have. You know, there'll be a, there'll be a footnote and on the bottom of the page, it'll say this Melchizedek guy, you know, for more information, see, you know, the book yep. of Hebrews. Um, and then uh, there's two commentaries that are sort of my go-to. I like new American commentary. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you want to spend a little bit of money. And then there's another guy uh, named Warren Wearsby who's written a commentary, I think on every book of the Bible. Pretty much has and them it's all. Yeah. very, very accessible. Yeah. So these aren't the kind of commentaries that I'm gonna pull out when I'm looking at Greek and Hebrew. These are sort of like, what is the text? What does it say? What are some of the major issues? Yeah. And so I find those are good places to start. If you're, if you're starting from square one, yeah. you know, got questions and then, you know, good study Bible, you know, or, and then maybe, maybe a commentary if you wanna to go to Amazon and spend a little bit of money. Right. And watch more than one YouTube. Yes. Or look at more than one website. <laughs> you know, just, you gotta, I mean, you know, do some research where you have more than one source out there and you've given several, but just don't watch the one YouTube and go, oh, got it. Well, and I watched, just walk away. I watched so. three YouTube videos this morning. One of them was in, in, in my camp where he's not a Christophany. 
One was in the camp where he definitely was a Christophany. Right. And then one was kind of on the fence and didn't make a decision. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just such a, you know, debatable matters. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and that's good. So hopefully we answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's good. I think there's the, you know, just kind of the practical take home point is no matter if he's a type of Christ or a Christophany, he pointed us to Jesus to come. And that's what matters. And that's what matters that we can have these discussions on these things and disagree and still be brothers in Christ and worship Christ uh, because that's not a close-handed issue to where we have to say, you know, we're going to break fellowship on that. We'll we'll get into those other issues probably later um, through our First Corinthians series. And then as you research out, you know, start with the scripture, good study Bible, you know, uh, gotquestions.org is a good one. Um, your Wearsby commentaries. Blue Letter Bible also has a lot of good things on their website that's free. That's free. You know, and so those are some good areas to go. And then talk to people. You mm-hmm. know, these are good discussions to have. An iron sharpens iron type conversation. Very so, much so. Yeah, well, good. Well, thanks for joining us today uh, for this podcast. Again, as we start our First Corinthians series, we'd love to field your questions. Uh, and that's what we're going to base the next several podcast episodes on. Uh, and so you can email our Facebook page. Uh, shoot me an email at, at pastorlee at heightschurch.org. Uh, we're also going to be setting up something soon on our website where you can submit those questions. If you're in our area, we'd love to worship with you in person on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. or here on our YouTube page or our Facebook page at the same times we live stream our services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., no matter where you are. We'd love to be able to worship with you. And so thank you for subscribing to the, to the channel, also to that podcast app, so you can stay current with all of our content. I hope you have a great week, and God bless.